Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one particular page of Talmud each day. And on today's page, Bava Kama 63, we learn one of the hands-down most important rules of Talmudic thinking and arguing. What is it? Like so much about the Talmud, it's not really easy to explain. So let's hear it in action. Here goes. It's long, so sit back, maybe make yourself a cup of tea, and follow along. As it is taught in a baraita, and you shall bestow the money for whatever your soul desires, is a generalization, as no particular type of food is specified. For oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drinks, is a detail, as specific types of food are mentioned. When the verse concludes with, or for whatever your soul asks of you, it has generalized again. Since the verse is formulated as a generalization and a detail and a generalization, you may deduce that the verse is referring only to items similar to the detail. This indicates that just as each of the items mentioned in the detail is clearly defined as the produce of produce, i.e. they grow from a parent organism like agriculture, produce, or animals, and they are grown from the ground, uh, their sustenance comes from the ground, so too the category of items one may purchase with second tithe money includes all items that are the produce of produce and are grown from the ground. Now look. You don't have to jump into the intricacies of the question at hand to grasp the principle. In Hebrew, this principle is called klal ufrat uchlal, or loosely translated, a generalization, a specific detail, and another generalization. If you see this specific formulation the Talmud teaches us, and in the Torah and in the Talmud you do quite often, one specific detail sandwiched by two great generalizations, you should focus on the detail when adjudicating the question at hand. So if the verse says that you shall bestow money for whatever you want, which is a general statement if there ever was one, and then gives specific examples, ox, maybe you want some sheep, maybe you want some drink, and then ends with another generalization, whatever your soul asks of you, you should assume that the rabbinic principle at hand is here to address the ox and the sheep and the booze specifically. It may seem like no more than a cumbersome principle, useless for anyone who isn't interested in understanding the very minute intricacies of halakha, or Jewish law. But nothing could be further from the truth. Why is that? To answer this question, I will let Yehuda Michai, one of Israel's greatest poets, speak. God, he wrote in one of his later poems, Orach Chaim, or Way of Life, we asked you to divide for us right from wrong. And you divided the waters above the firmament from the waters below it. We asked for knowledge of good and evil, and you gave us laws like the rules for football, do's and don'ts, reward and punishment, victory and defeat, remembrance and forgetting. Amichai here seizes on something that's been troubling a lot of us when we first approached not only the Talmud, but to be frank, Judaism itself. It all seems just so detailed and rule-bound. We come to religion seeking elation, inspiration, transcendence, a choir of singing angels, and Judaism offers us thousands of pages of discussions in just about every conceivable detail of human life, urging us, as the Talmud does today, to focus much less on the great stirring principles like love your neighbor as you love thyself 
and much more on the very specific details like how much of a fine a thief must pay if he stole someone's livestock and then ate it. This obsessive attention to detail can be overwhelming, even comical sometimes. A few years back, one of Israel's leading comedy shows ran a skit called Yehudi, the Hebrew word for Jew, or OCD, the acronym for Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. The skit was structured as a game show in which the host described a bunch of activities and the contestants had to guess whether they were religious Jewish dictates like bowing three times in different directions as you conclude the Amidah prayer three times daily or merely disorders like touching every doorknob you pass three times for good luck. In a recent article, Avraham Stav, a prominent Israeli rabbi, argued that even some of our greatest rabbis struggled with the burden of setting so much store by the prat or the detail. Abraham Isaac Cook, the great thinker of religious Zionism, for example, started out life believing that details were merely something to put up with, a guardrail, if you will, that allows us to keep on the straight and narrow as we race towards ecstasy and the stirring stuff religion has to offer. But later in life, Rabbi Stav wrote, Rav Kook changed his tune. He understood, as did the sages of the Talmud, the details folded within them their own holy mysteries and rhythms. They weren't merely the earthly decoration for the divine drama taking place way above them. They were holy in of themselves. Which is what today's page of Talmud is teaching us, too. To generalize, to say things like, family is the most important thing in the world to me, or I love my country, is kind of easy. It gives us a momentary burst of pride, joy, confidence, and then it begins to fizzle. Because in dreams, as the poet Delmore Schwartz once observed, begin responsibilities, and responsibilities are nothing if not details in better dress. Family is important to you? Great. How many hours a day specifically do you plan to spend away from your work and with your spouse or your children? And you love your country? Hallelujah! How much of your time and energy are you planning and giving to volunteering and serving it? It's the details that make life rich and valuable, which is why the Talmud urges us to understand generalizations as extensions of specific details and not the other way around. We may yearn to think about good and evil and reward and punishment, but these concepts are much too vague for a web as delicate and as intricate as human life. What truly moves us, not as in makes us feel so inspired, but as in makes us actually move from one point to another, is always insisting on considering the details, sweating the small stuff, asking questions and then more questions, and focusing our intellectual and moral energy on figuring out the specifics of every situation. It's not a particularly ecstatic task, but make it a habit, the Talmud tells us, and you too will change your life for the better.
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Talmudic.